Hey. All right, all right, all right. Gentlemen, start your engine. Putting them in, in a personnel group, we can create maybe um, the structures we want to attack and, and with the bodies that they would attempt to play us in that personnel group. Uh, sometimes it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's really unique and you want to get to it and you want to have a plan off it. Some weeks it may take a back seat, whether he's healthy or not. You're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So, uh... Let's go, baby! Yeah, I'm jumping go, out of my skin. Yeah, yeah you know, uh... <laughs> Randy Feener was talking about a fullback. Oh, yes. Yeah. Is that, like, sweet music to our ears? Although, right. the boss was pretty good stuff right, right there. Right, 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 right. But how about a fullback? A slam, that forward, uh, you know, flat-nosed society, fully registered, lunch bucket, helmet head type yeah. guy. Yeah, And that would be Derek Watt. D- Derek Watt is... Um he digs guys out. Oh, he does. Yeah, he, he's uh, physical. Yes. Uh, you know, when he, when he was in that commercial, uh, Subway commercial yeah, with the two I, other Watt brothers. Yeah, he goes <laughs> the triumvirate of the Watt brothers. I like that. Look, yeah. the thing about that you love about Derek Watt is he is just a full speed, full go guy. Unfortunately, we've not been able to see the full manis- right. manifestation of what he's capable of doing. He had some cleanup things he had to get in the off season when he came in. He was limited in training camp. Then he got the hammy, and so now, right now, I'm looking forward to his participation and what could be a little resurgence of the running game if. They so desire, and if it comes into play, yeah. So let's let uh, let's talk about uh, uh, the uh, which Jacksonville we defense. All right, we're going yeah. to the Jacks Jags defense. Yeah, yeah. You know, um, there are. By the young... way, do you, do you see how I got? See the nice blue? You know, it's like the Jacksonville blue. Yeah. Unfortunately, I used it on the Steelers on my on my flip card. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of blew that with the colors. You know. Sometimes I just don't know. I'm yeah. not matching. I'm just yeah. not matching. Yeah, so, uh, you know. And that's the only comment you've got about yeah, it. That's all you can make. Uh, yeah, but. I, what a flip card, though, huh? Yeah. Come on, there's a lot there. There's there, a lot of eye candy, There's baby. not a lot there. <laughs> what do you mean there's not a lot there? There's a lot there. So, you know, one of the things uh, uh, the uh, Jacksonville Jags is one of the youngest teams in the NFL. Right. And they blitz a lot. 
and they walk up uh, and they uh, uh, walk up the linebackers and they blitz. Uh, they set the edge well. They tackle well. They strip the ball well, and uh, they go a gap well. Uh, zone coverage, uh, you know, long completions. Uh, uh, they've uh, suffered from um, single high safety. Uh, uh, being physical, uh, they are that uh, they are big and fast, and so uh, when they they run that four three over. Yeah, right. and uh, you know, uh, they they play well aggressive on the run. Do they you not think me. we're going to see a little more maybe of a bear variation or the double yeah, eagle yeah, thing? Yeah. I got to believe we're going to see that. Yeah, they 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 played that. They played it, and I got to believe we're going to see it. Yeah, you know, I mean, the last three games we've seen a lot more of it, yeah. and I got to believe that uh, Dougie's not going to sit there and go. Gee, everybody's having success with the cutting, choking off the run game. Yeah. Maybe we uh, ought to do a little more bear. I saw. We'll see. Yeah. But I would think. Now, the other thing I would say about this, I look at Josh Allen. Um, if you look at the the last, oh, who was it that I was just watching? I hate this. There's so the many Green Bay. Well, Green Bay. Green. That's one of them. Yeah, yeah. Green Bay. They they hooked uh, Josh Allen a number of times. Right. They hooked some of those guys. Sometimes they, they that off tackle is to me it looks a little bit available. Did it not look that way to you? Right, 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 right. Uh, and you know Josh Allen's a good pass rusher. He's got good hands. He's yeah. tough. You know he does that. He gets that nice lock. Yeah, yeah. You know he punches palm like a sumo punch. Remember the sumo guys? They yeah. come out and they'll punch to the chest and everything. And then every now and then they go to the grill when their hands get a little slippage. Right. You know because they're wearing diapers out there. So the thing about it, you know, you you, you got a good punch to the chest. I think Josh Allen does that. Uh, and uh, Devon Hamilton, uh, he's fast. You know, uh, you know when uh, you look at their line, their uh, defensive line, uh, they're light. They and, are light, and they're fast. And uh, well, look at Josh Allen; he's two sixty two. Yeah, yeah. Look at the Smooter. All right, Dwayne is that Dwayne? Dwayne? Dwan? Okay, Dwan. Okay, Dwan Smoot. He's only six three. He's yeah. only two sixty four. Um, that's that's not real big. Adam yeah. Gotsis, six four, two eighty seven. Yeah, athletic, and he's fast, and he's tough. Uh, you know, Taven Bryan, he's average. He's a, uh, I think he's an average guy. He's yeah. a, a stay square to you type guy. Although he will spin. Yeah. He ain't got a bad spin. You know, it's not like he it's not like he's going to you know he he he'll kind of spin in a three-quart bucket. I mean, he doesn't yeah. like to gain a whole lot of ground on it or nothing, but if you're not paying attention, if you are kind of like uh, out there, he could catch you in that thing. Yeah. You know, I like actually I thought Dwayne Smoot did some good work. Why? Because right. he'll throw the the quick club and the uppercut, yeah. and I've seen him beat guys quickly. Yeah, he's and, capable of that, and he he you know, he's uses his hands well. Yes, Dwan Smoot, no doubt about it. And uh, Clavon Chason, uh, he's a good pass rusher. Yeah, he's <laughs> Clavon Chason. Yeah, but you know, there's a lot of rookies up front there. Right. You know, I mean, you got several. You got several guys on that defense, at least I should say. Um, that that really participate and they're young. Davon Hamilton, Clavon Chasen. Um, I know there was somebody else that I'm looking at that I can't find right now because I have too much stuff on my chart and I can't see the trees from the forest. Right. <laughs> well, you know, uh, you know, as you look at them, Miles Jack, 
I think is their best player on defense. Oh, there's no question. Uh, but he's fast, right? athletic. But let me ask you this: What about Joe Schobert? Oh, I, I got to tell you something. I, Watching I, this guy operate, um, he's just got a he's got a homing device to the ball. Right. He right. really sees the the action unfolding. Sees the plays. He yes. Develop. He reacts. Yeah. He's if tough. You ask me. He's smart. He's sideline to sideline, and. Uh, you know, he, he he smells it out. He does. Uh, I, I I was really impressed with him from tackle to tackle especially. Right. You know, I mean, his ability to step up, evade a block or take a block on, disengage, and get in on the scrum on the inside. Yeah. Um, some linebackers, you know, they, they got to keep bubbling over the top until they hit right. their gap, and then they slide in. But this guy is capable of kind of weaving his way in between people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so I thought it was impressive. Yeah, uh, Kamale Correa. Uh, no, no. How about Kamale Korea? Carrera. Korea. 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 North Korea. South yeah. Korea. So <laughs> you know he sets the edge well. Yes. And uh, he's he's the outside in the five man front. He's a. I think he's a. He's a good player. Yeah. Just a, a good solid player. He just seems to know what he's doing. Yeah. You watch him. They fly to the ball. They do. Yeah. This is a rally to the ball defense. And they strip the ball. They will go after it. But, you know, it's funny. They've only forced four fumbles. Yeah. I don't understand. You know, because you see them. They are actively. They'll hold a guy up. And you see, like, three guys going after the ball. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I word to the wise this weekend for James Conner and Anthony McFarlane and Benny Snell, protect the ball with both hands, especially when you get in a scrum. Right. You know, I mean, you're going to need it. So continue. I'm sorry. Uh, and uh, you know, they, they're they're a fly around defense. They are, and they will bang the living snot out of you. There's no question in my mind watching these guys as you see them. This is this is a Doug Marone team. Yeah. I mean, this is fashion. Dougie was a tough guy. Yeah. You know, he wasn't the greatest athlete, but. <laughs> Matter of fact, that that's really that's really a slap at athletes to call him an athlete. But, yeah. <laughs> um, no, you know, but Dougie was a tough guy. There's anything you want to say about him, he was a tough guy. Yeah. And I look at this team and it's fashion. He wasn't a tough guy. Oh yes, he was. He was a whiny. Well, he oh, was a little okay. He was a little whiny. Yeah, he was a, but he was a tough guy. I I don't think Chuck likes me. <laughs> Bernsey, Bernsey, right here, twenty bucks. What's my name? Yeah, when uh, when I when I went to work with the offensive line, right. he started busting my chops, uh, and he said, "Don't ruin my players." I said, "Don't whine, yeah, don't whine. You want a little cheese with your wine?" Yeah, he could be a little whiny. Yeah, but he in my book, uh, he was always a tough guy. Syracuse man, why? I, of course. So yeah, fact of the matter. <laughs> Oh, you're going to tell me about the fighting trees now, huh? Yeah. You're going to extol the virtues of the Indiana State fighting Fight sycamores. Fighting trees. <laughs> the, you know, the tight end uh, uh, for uh, Green Bay, Mon- Bontai, uh, he's, uh, he's a sycamore. Yeah, I know. That's uh, just watching him play, I could you could tell. Yeah. <laughs> I'll say no more. Yeah. So Sidney Jones. Uh, what do you think about the dear Sidney? Yeah. Sidney Jones – the fourth. Yeah, he he's uh, uh, he's a good coverage guy. Did you, you know, see him he, get torched against yeah, Green Bay? Yeah, that yeah, was yeah, yeah. that was outside release. Hit it, get it, and that was what eighty, seventy yards. Something yeah, like that. 
Wow. What, the, the 83. 83, was it? Yeah. Man, oh, man, I was looking at that, and I thought, wow, wouldn't you love to see Chase Claypool out there with this cat? Yeah, well, uh, you know, they, they're tough and they're physical, but they're not great athletes. Well, I, w- I wouldn't say – it's hard to say they're not great athletes because yeah. they're – you know, but the fact is that they can be beat. Yeah. This is a secondary. You look at this team. They're giving up nearly 300 yards a game in, in passing. They're yeah. giving up 132 yards a game in rushing. Right. And yet um, they – they were in a lot of the games that they've lost. It's not like they're, you know, they're just falling down at the feet of, you know, their opponent. Yeah. They'll fight, they'll battle. They've had issues. You got problems with the quarterback. And by the way, one of the first things you notice, and we'll get to the offense later on, but, you know, one of the first things you notice is this is what it's like not to have a franchise quarterback. Right. If you don't have one that's franchise capable or, or nearly up there, you ain't got a chance. You yeah. just, that's the way it is. You know, this looks very much like what could have happened had Mike Tomlin not been such a great coach and had such a, a good defense last year. Yeah. You know, that you could, you know, th- this is what it looks like. You know, one and nine for a lot of teams. Yeah. Well, so, so uh, Jared Wilson, uh, the strong safety, he's a box guy. He's a good tackler. He looks good. Yeah. Yeah. You got CJ Henderson, the one corner. He's a rookie. Seems to me you can you get after him. Yeah, you know I think uh, Sidney Jones is is a guy that you can exploit. You can get after him. Um, certainly, I, I look at this whole defense, uh, Chaluch, and I and I I'm in my mind I'm looking and I'm going, you know I think we can run the ball, but I think we can pass the ball, and yeah. especially with the weather conditions are going to be decent. You know, mid seventies. Wow. You know, why not? Right. You know, so anyhow, that's. That's pretty much it. All right, let's uh, go to break. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in a locker room, and uh, we'll be back after this. I'm not into the trap game discussion. I understand that that's things that you guys like to talk about. Um, but this is the NFL. And more than anything, the guys know my attitude regarding that. We are not a Big Ten team playing a MAC opponent this week. Uh, every time we step into a stadium, we're playing professionals, players and coaches. And we got a ridiculous level of respect for that. And so, you know, write your story, man. Follow your storylines about trap games and things of that nature. We understand what we're going into in Jacksonville that that's a group that's trying to kick our butt, a professional group, a capable group, and we're preparing with that understanding. I'm back. He's Wolf. I'm touch here in the locker room, and uh, we had a glitch uh, and a girl talking about uh, – I don't know what that was about. Uh, that, don't that, worry about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, Mike Tomlin was talking about, uh, you know, 
there's no trap game. No. It's it's not as if we're uh, a Big Ten team playing with a MAC team. Right. Again, or a Missouri, Missouri Valley team. Right, right, right. The bus league team. Yeah. The fact is, you look at it and you say to yourself, okay, what, what compromises or comprises a trap game? Right. You know, well, you, can't, you are compromised if you go in with a preset set of conditions that right. you got to meet like uh we have to run the ball this weekend no you got to win the game yeah. all right and it's comprised of of the the very essence of what you are and this is a defense that uh, the Steelers have it's high voltage and get after them it's an offense that the Steelers have that hey if they need to pass the ball you got you got to go with it right you know i mean you, you roll with that thing and i look at this and i just say to myself don't get caught up in the numbers i i i I want the running game to come back. I want it to be more 50-50. Right now, they're about at 58 59% uh, you know, split rushing and passing. And over the last three games, it's it's higher, It's closer to 70%. Right. right. But we know what's been going on since Baltimore, them playing the bear defense and cramming the box and everything else, right? Yeah. So you got to go with what you got to go with. Yeah. It comes down to uh, two safeties high. You can pass or run the ball. Yeah. One safety high, you pass the ball. You know that they, they they they've played two safety high. Who's that? Jacksonville uh, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And exactly. So mostly they play one safety high. They got one safety high, and so you look at that and you think to yourself, okay, well, you see, uh, you see the the dear Sidney Jones get torched on an eighty three yeah. yarder. You know, you see, you got a rookie at C J Henderson the other corner. You think to yourself. All right, if that's the case, and if they're going to cram the box, they're going to have a single high safety. You know, it's going to be another, let's, hopefully Ben's uh, feeling good, the arm's lively, and away you go. Right, well, well, there's, uh, they they have a lot of eight-man fronts, and they run a lot of twists, and they, uh, they've got good pursuit, and they strip the ball. They um, do, no, but here's the thing. One thing that, that stood out to me, when they run – Anything off tackle, anything slightly wide, they get their shoulders turned. They are right. one dimensional across the defensive line. They turn and run. They chase the ball. And I, to me, man oh man, if you get the ability to cut back on these guys, and if Anthony McFarlane is capable of maybe contributing, yeah, you know, because he's has he been sick or has he been what? He's been out of practice for for a couple of days. So if he gets back and he's able to contribute. That could be a real possibility too. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, you, you don't know, know what that he was sick or something. He he didn't didn't uh, suit up the last game. Yeah, you know. So I don't know if he's you know Kevin Dotson. Uh, there's been some illnesses and everything else. So we got to see who got to look at the uh, injury report or the practice report today and see what's happening. So C.J. Henderson is a rook. He's a good tackler and he's he's not bad on coverage. Uh, but, uh, you know, he's a little grabby. Who are you talking about, CJ? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, he's a rookie. Yeah. You know, and when you make a mistake, which you're often going to do as a rookie, you're going to reach out and become a man of the cloth. Yeah. You know, you're going to be a little bit grabby. That's a natural reaction. How much did you hold early on versus how much did you hold later on? I... You, you held very little towards the end of your career. Yeah, right, you right. Know, unless, of course, you're playing Lawrence Taylor because simply when you slammed him, you simply had to be holding because right. nobody slams Lawrence Taylor that easy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
But seriously, you know, you, early on, yeah, you're a little bit grabby because you get caught out of position a lot when yeah. you're young. Yeah. So you expect that, and that's why I say, you know, you see Sidney Jones can be beat over the top. You see C.J. Herndon's a little bit grabby, right? So why not go after him? And that's one of the things I think is going to stand out about Sunday, especially on a seventy mid seventies day. Yeah. That you know Ben's got to be feeling great down in Jacksonville. Yes. You know. Yes. So that's that's just my thoughts. Uh, and uh, such as they are, <laughs> Trey Herndon. Uh, he's a good blitzer. He's a good tackler. And Chris Claybrooks, good tackler, and uh, he's he's got good instincts. I was I was impressed with uh, some of those guys where they came up and tackled. One thing about Sidney uh, Jones, uh, if you run that wide receiver screen, the now right. route, he'll he'll eat up that yardage and, yeah. and come right and get you. You know, I mean, he doesn't he doesn't wait for you to catch the ball and come to him. He gets after you and gets right in there and and will tackle you. Uh, like lickety split, so they attack. They'll be they'll come downhill, right? But uh, I think that's also something you can take advantage of too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. You right. know what I mean? All right. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Cr in Chicago. Cr, welcome to the locker room. Uh, good morning, you two old folks. You're sitting there in Chicago. How the heck is everybody doing this morning, man? We're doing great. We're it's, doing great. We are right. heading into the walk in the zone, baby. We're going up to kickoff. We yeah. are within 48 hours. Of, yeah, it's 48, 52 hours till kickoff. I, yeah. I'm really bad at math. We're, 48, 52. We're, 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 uh, we're getting ready for the game. Part. Yeah, 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 yeah. Get, get, getting ready for the game, yeah. So, yep. so am I, man. So am I. Uh, just wanted to start out with the um, inside the locker room dirty dozen. Uh, say good morning to everybody out there. Appreciate you guys. Uh, uh, right now we're up to uh, the 74 people, so I think we picked up a, a newbie uh, uh, yesterday. And uh, also my little speech on um, uh, inside the locker room, iHeart app on your, on your radio, download Steel Nation Radio, uh, then in the locker room with Pitch and Wolf and call the guys at 412-919-1316. Hey, guys, um, I'm just excited about, about this weekend. I, I like listening to uh, the different people calling in and giving their perspectives on the game. Um you know, we were talking about the, the offense and the running game and not being there. Uh, but, you know, again, my, my whole thing this year is that uh, the COVID-19 has changed, uh, the playing field has changed everything. And nothing is what it uh, was because of this uh, uh, pandemic. So the Steelers are, are undefeated, and that's pretty unique in itself. Uh, what they're doing is what they're doing. They're playing what the, the defense uh, gives them. Uh, people are talking about, well, what happens when the weather changes and what happens with this, what happens with that. Uh, that's all hypothetical because it will be what it will be when it will be it. So right now, um, I do foresee uh, the Steelers winning. I'm not going to go on, um, on a specific score, but I see them winning big because I just feel, uh, based on what has happened, what is happening, uh, and how the team is coming together and playing so well with Ben at quarterback and the coach as the coach, um, I think it's looking good. Comment. Well, here's the whole thing about it. I mean, you've got an opportunity here to get, chalk up another win. you got a team that's uh, been dormant, really. You better not give them hope. You yeah. better come out and get things started and not give them any hope of being in the game because when you do that – as Coach Noel always used to say, when you lie down with dogs, Arch, you get fleas. Fleas. Yeah. Get fleas. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, you know, and, and uh, one of the things uh, that we want is uh, uh, the Steelers to jump on the Jacksonville Jacks. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And I'm with you. Uh, I, you know, I want them to jump on them and uh, uh, win going away. It would be nice. I, I, I believe they will. I mean, a lot of people, especially the people who are like on the fence, the, you know, we always want things to go the way we want them to go. They should do this and they should do that. But we are we are fans, which stands for fanatics, and we are not in the inside. And these guys are playing together. I was looking at the, something that Ebron said the other day about coming over to the team and how focused everybody is and how acceptable everybody is. And then you got people in here like like uh, uh, the the Canadian. I call him the Canadian. Uh, how he's coming together. So it's a, it's a really awesome uh, for what they're doing, and I feel comfortable that they're going to win. I think one of the unique perspectives of this year as we look back on it in the years to come will be the fact that because of COVID, because of all the protocols, mm-hmm. this team is very, very tight. They're very much into mm-hmm. uh, supporting each other, and they've been very much about not breaking ranks. I think these guys are just beginning to understand the the, the really the whole – ability of themselves to come together as a group and be able to do some very spectacular things coming up. We'll see. We'll see. But COVID for certain has reduced the sphere of influence on people there and around the club. You know what I mean? It's about the players Mm -hmm. and it's about each other. The man to your right, the man to your left, and the guy across from you in the huddle. It's it's really interesting to watch. Yeah, really quick. um, I I think this COVID-19 has put the fear – really into the guys because they don't know for the first time people are really thinking about well tomorrow you know may not be here in the sense of speaking because you know you don't know who's going to get this thing so i think they're all laser focused and i think they're all tied in and i i, I don't believe that, that they uh that they're going to go in there half something because as they said there ain't no tomorrow i mean this is it uh it's like a playoff game so um hey go ahead no that's okay good we got to roll brother go ahead all right so, uh, in the meantime, and in COVID-19, between time, at 9 and 0, here we go, Steelers. Here we go. All right. Thank you, CR. Enjoy the game this weekend, as I know all Steeler Nation's going to. we got to go into Jacksonville. It's going to be 10 and, and 0. It's, I would think so, Chalooch. But at the same time, I think everyone's got to make sure that they're dotting the I's, crossing the T's. Getting prepped because, as you know as well as I, you know, both of us, you can't walk into the stadium on Sunday and flip the switch. You've got to prepare starting Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, all days, and right up to kickoff there, and then get the job done. And, you know, today's Friday. Yes. And it is. It is a great day. <laughs> Friday's a great day. Why? Because Saturday, because they, then Sunday? Yes. Because Friday, they don't hit. They don't hit on Thursday and they don't we, hit on we, Wednesday. We, you know, we, we, hit, <laughs> we hit every day. We hit every day. <laughs> and Friday, we goal line short yardage. Oh, that was sometimes it was the worst day of the week. And you're thinking to yourself, I got to play a game in a mere 48 hours. And yeah. I'm feeling, I remember when I broke my thumb on the last play of the last practice before the playoff game in, uh, what was it, 81 against the Chargers. Yeah. And I broke my thumb, and I remember sitting there thinking, I don't know if I can play. And then that's when LC started laughing at me. Anybody can play this game healthy, he says. Let's see what you can do when you're hurt. 
<laughs> oh man! And yeah. then and then you got the shot. I did. That was wonderful. And then you kept the hit. I kept on banging the helmet. him on the helmet. And I'm going, punch. Look, it doesn't hurt. And you're like going, do you think you should be doing that? All right, let's take a break, and we'll be back with more in the locker room. Tunch and Wolf. there a couple of years ago man it was it was a nail biter and uh i don't expect anything less than that uh going in to uh, play these guys uh sunday i think they'll be ready to play their, their coaches do a good job with them we gotta we gotta uh, bring our game because if we don't everybody we play from here on out is always going to bring their best game uh to our game you're in the locker room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So there's going to be blood in the streets. And, uh, uh, you know. You know, do you remember when Val Kilmer, Kilmer did Jim Morrison in yeah, the doors? Yeah, yeah, They made him out to be a real jerk. Yeah. I wonder well, if he was Jim a Morrison jerk. was a jerk. Uh, yeah, I guess yeah, so. Yeah, You know, a major league yeah, Idiot, so. yeah, and so uh, uh, Jim Morrison was a jerk, <laughs> and uh, uh, you know when I read uh, his biography, nobody here gets out alive. Right, I I I, I turned off on him. Yeah, yeah he yeah. just he had such a dark yeah. perspective. Yeah, yeah, on life, man. So I don't know. So then let's go to the offensive mm-hmm. line. I like Cam Robinson. Yes, I'm a fan. Yeah. He comes off. He will put his forehead right in your chin. Yeah, yeah. One of the few guys that does that That does that anymore. This guy really comes off and really uh, he rips They're his physical. fists. They're, They're physical. Very They're physical. very physical. But I will say this, too. And this is, this is what I find kind of unique. At the point of attack, they will come off the ball and move right. you. On the backside... Their seal is sometimes like a pass set. Right. They will set up and allow you to rush forward. Then they'll quickly move to seal you off. Rather than remember how we had to cut off and we were tearing off the ball, yeah. and you had to step with your right foot and gain ground because Ledge would go, "You didn't gain ground with that right foot," you yeah. know. And then you're like, oh, blah, 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 blah. and so then and Raleigh didn't do oh, that exactly. If we had pass set like this and did what they do, uh, we would have been ripped totally yeah. but the game has changed right so it's interesting to see from a, this perspective how at the point of attack they'll come off right and move people but on the yes. back side they'll play soft yeah uh so cam robinson's got good hands he's got a, he's a, a good athlete andrew norwell is physical he's huge he's stout uh and uh tyler shatley started for brandon linder 
uh, right. against Green Bay. Let me ask you about Norwell. He seems like he's stiff, yeah, but he's stout, like yeah. you said. Yeah, he's physical. Yeah, he's man. He like uh, he puts the clamps on you. This guy's uh, he's got he's got more holding capabilities than a lobster. Right, right, you know right, I mean? right. <laughs> and he, you know, he traps well. He traps well. Now that I got to look at, it. I did not notice yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Go back and he, take a look. He traps well. All right. And uh, Brandon Linder traps well. Tyler Shatley traps well. AJ Khan, uh, good hands. He's stout. And Jawan Taylor. He seemed pretty physical to me. Yeah, yeah. All these guys are, but yeah. The, uh, AJ Khan kind of stood out in some of the uh, some of the one on ones where he he did a nice job of hooking guys the three techniques down there. Uh, coming off, moving people back. AJ can. A- AJ can do it. Oh, you're so brilliant. <laughs> uh, and Juwan Taylor. Well, you know what? Uh, when Cam Robinson got hurt, Will Richardson came in and he got run over. Who's that? Will Richardson. Oh, yeah. Did you see that? Oh, my heavens. Oh, my. I was going, what in the world? Oh, yeah. that's, that's one where you just. You're praying that somehow the film, the videotape, something glitched, a gremlin. Lord, divine intervention so that the boys don't see me get run over here. Yeah. Oh, it's a terrible feeling, is it not? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, um, James O'Shaughnessy, he's a, he's a, he does wham well. Yeah. He, he you know, he's uh, yeah. Uh, uh, he does, but I saw one time, one time he turned completely sideways. Yeah, you know when he curled up. Now he still went in there with enough force right. to, to seal the guy off. But whenever, and I don't know, maybe that's the way they're teaching it now. Yeah. But when you turn and you put your shoulder out there and you turn sideways and you go, and it looks like you're curling up five yards before. Yeah. Impact, and you're like going, "Oh, come on, be a man, go hit him." Yeah, oh. yeah, hit him. Oh well. But you know he whams well. He does. Yeah. You know, they, they do get the guy. And the, the guy that surprised me was Ben Ellison because he's the lightest of the tight ends. They right. got four tight ends, and he's only like 250. But he goes after people. I was surprised. Right. He's kind of like the little dog in the group. Yeah. But he's more physical than I anticipated. When I first looked at, you know, the chart and you start to see the, you know, the roster and his height, weight, and stuff, you figure, okay, he must be the pads catcher, you know. And but he goes after people physically. I was surprised. Tyler Eifert. I fart. <laughs> when you said that yesterday, I was dying. Uh, I was just dying. All right. Promise me you'll work on that so by Sunday got, we don't pull that out. No, I'm not done. <laughs> He's got good – he runs good routes. He's got good hands. Uh, he's, and, he's very good. I'm, and he, I, you know, he used to believe, uh, play for Cincinnati. Right. He was an excellent tight end in Cincinnati. Um, he's – now he kind of shares the pass-catching duties with James O'Shaughnessy. O'Shaughnessy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> O'Shaughnessy, yes. He's the Irish. Got to be the Irish. Yeah, right. So, you know, you look at him and you say, I go, well, you know, he, O'Shaughnessy's a big boy. You know, I mean, it's big enough, I should say. Maybe not big. Tyler Eifert is even a little bit bigger than him. I'm surprised that uh, I thought Tyler might have more catches. But when you see the receiving group, it's like you've got three or four guys within the 30s in the catch. Right. And the tight ends get half as much. So it looks like I don't know whether Gardner Minshew or Jake uh, Luton, Luton, um, Jake Luton. Gl- See, whenever you say it like that, it sounds like Gluten. Gluten. Yeah, yeah, it sounds. Just- 
<laughs> Do you think he can eat gluten? <laughs> He's going to eat gluten. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, look at that and you go, I know, that's just kind of weird. But getting back to the, you know, the tight ends, um, really, it's Eifert and O'Shaughnessy. And, and I, I sometimes, did you see three tight ends lined up one right, time? Right, right, yeah. right, right. Three tight ends. I was, I was sitting there, I was shaking my head because I was a little bit tired when I was yeah. watching the film. And I, I'm trying to think, did I, did I see that? Did I remember that? So... Um, the other thing about it is, uh, they you know, um, the like I said, the receiver group. Though it seems like they all get a number of targets. Yeah. Whether it's Keelan Cole Senior or Lavisca Chenault or DJ Chark seems to be the guy. Yeah, DJ Chark. Uh, you know when the Chark bites. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, he's uh, he, they they use him on reverses. Uh, he's got good hands, good routes. Well, I just see that strong. that one seventy three yarder when yeah. Luton hit him up. Yeah. How about Jake Luton? <laughs> Gluten. Gluten. Yeah. When uh, against uh, Houston, the first completion of his professional career was a seventy three yarder to that Chark guy. Yeah. They just it was amazing. It was bombs away. You know, uh, Keelan Cole is a great returner. Uh, he scored a touchdown. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 81 yarder, I yeah. think it was. 91 yards. 91 yards. Uh, 91 yarder. Yeah. Good hands. Good. Uh, uh, you, he, yeah, he versus pushes. Green Bay. Yeah. yeah. 91 yarder, man. That's a long one. Um, but he's he's a 34 catch guy. You got uh, Chark is a 37 catch guy, right? Yeah. Um, and then you got LaVisca is a 30 catch guy. So yeah. everybody's within, you know, seven catches of each other. They, they they got a bunch of happy campers in the wide receiver room. Yeah, anyhow. yeah. And Chris Conley. Chris Conley, yes. Uh, he's, what, 26, so he's close. Yeah. Um, but he Chris Conley was kind of like uh, the Heinz Ward of the group. Yeah. Looks like they use him to, to block and go after people. I mean, he's, he's, he is 6'3", he is 205. He looks to be like a pretty well-developed young man who goes after people. So. Yeah. Yeah, were you impressed with James Robinson? I was. Yeah, I thought uh, you know, I listened to the comments of Mike Tomlin. I listened to the comments of Doug Marone. And then I tried to just watch and see for myself. And one of the things I love, the guy's got a natural low pad level. Right. I mean, he just seems to run with low pads. He makes it hard to target his lower body. Right. He, um, he, he makes it tar- hard to uh, tackle him. Yeah. Uh, he's, he seems to, it does I don't know that he is, you know, great, great speed or great, you know, anything like that. He just does a lot of things. Well, he catches right. the ball. Well, he blocks pretty well, though. I did see him get run over, uh, one time on a, blitz. Yeah. one of the San Diego, who was the San Diego linebacker? I saw him, he hammered, man, oh man, there was an, in, I don't know who the linebacker was on the inside for San Diego or San Diego, LA chargers. But he hammered Robinson on a blitz one time. Then he hammered the fullback on a blitz, too, and it blew him up. I mean, I got to find out who that guy was. Yeah. He was something. But anyhow, regardless. So Jake Lut- uh, Luton has a big arm. And, <laughs> he can't get around saying gluten. Yeah. Uh, and uh, he hesitates, but he climbs the pocket, and he throws in tight windows. And he, he looks too comfortable. He he looks he looks like he belongs. Yeah, you know what I mean. He's completing sixty point three percent of his passes or whatever. Um, you know he's got two touchdowns. He's got two interceptions. Um, 
You know, I think they keep the passing game short, although he did right. rip a 73-yarder on his first completion. You know, I mean, that to me was impressive. Um, but the fact is, I think that uh, you can go down there, and I do believe one of the things that uh, we saw with the Steelers this past weekend is their ability to kind of sugar what they're doing, to right. disguise things, to tighten up their coverage, to do things on third down that can be a problem for a young rookie like Jake him. Luton. Yes. I think uh, I would expect that we might have some opportunities for um, – you know, a little mink of magic, a uh, little Joe Hayden stuff, you know, yeah. something. Uh, because some and, of those passes uh, get wayward. Uh, and T.J. Watt. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. Now, look. Bud Dupree. I know that they've given up 28 sacks, okay? Luton has only been sacked five times as compared to, I guess, uh, guard, the Gardner got it got nailed like 22 times or so, something like that. Um, but I... It seems to me this is an offensive line. They're capable. You look at these guys. These guys yeah. are not uh, – you're not going to run over these guys. So you're going to have to get after them, and, and um, I, I think you're going to have to do some twists and stuff right. like that. But I don't think Luton doesn't look like he's a runner. They were they were very physical against Green Bay. Yeah. Yeah. They were indeed, and it was cold weather, you know, and it's not like the Jacksonville's going to do all that great uh, in cold yeah. weather, supposedly, you know, but um, – I look at their offensive line. I thought they're stout. I thought they're they're, they're strong. Whether it's run blocking or pass blocking, they yeah. do a decent job, a good job. And I, like I said, Cam Robinson, I think is outstanding. I think uh, AJ Khan is excellent, and I think Andrew Norwell yeah. is uh, another stout guy. Not real mobile, yeah, but uh, he doesn't have to be when yeah. he gets those clamps on you. Yeah, he's... people seem to run in place. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> You know, so let's take a break. Uh, he's Wolf. I'm Tunch. Are we breaking already? Yeah, Gad Zooks, man. All right, we got one minute because the big G's coming up. Bruce Gradkowski. Oh yeah, Bruce Gradkowski. And by the way, at 11:40, you want to stay tuned because we have John Cole, who we were efforting last week, but his plane got delayed landing, and uh, so he is uh, jumping on board with us today at 11:40. So. Yeah, and uh, what's his name? Bruce Gretkowski's coming up over the top of the hour. I'm going to tell Bruce you said, what's his name? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's go to break, brother. Punch and Wolf, presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. We're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. You're in the locker room, and uh, we are welcoming Bruce Gradkowski uh, from Dormont, and uh, he had a long career, and uh, he's a great player, 
and uh, we, we want to welcome him. Uh, Brucey, how you doing? Guys, my favorite guys, my favorite time of the week. <laughs> so good to be with you, too. You know, it's so much fun, Bruce. So for one thing i got to ask you, were you a ball player? I mean, a baseball player? I was. I was. Growing up, I was a three-sport athlete, basketball, baseball, and football. Uh, until I got to high school, I focused on basketball and football, but... I was uh, maybe I should have stuck with baseball. Maybe I'd still be playing. <laughs> See, I was a horrible baseball player. I couldn't hit the <laughs> I couldn't hit the fastball. I couldn't hit the curve. Couldn't hit the changeup. I couldn't. You know, I I was just I was really bad. <laughs> well, that, that's why I stopped playing before they got into all that. You know, the the curves and changeups and uh, yeah, I was like, you know what? I don't think baseball is my sport. It's a little, it's a little boring to me. But then I look at Bobby Bonilla, how he's sitting back. So right, so right. That's not a bad gig. <laughs> I realized my giftedness lay in the fact I couldn't hit anything yeah. smaller than a person. Yeah. Hey. <laughs> that's about it. Hey, Brucey, you play for Jay Gruden. Uh, what kind of coach is he? You know, he, he's a player's coach. Like, he's a guy, he's easy to be around. Um, him and his brother are different. You know, both love football. Jay, uh, was a player you know he played he had a lot of success in the arena league coaching the arena league with the head coach there head coach throughout you know the nfl as you've seen with washington and so forth and then as an offense coordinator i feel like he lets the guys around develop right he's not going to be such a stickler on details but he is a, a player's type coach he's going to ask you what you like to run what you're comfortable with and try to set the game plan up around you he's going to give you opportunities to check in and out of plays um, and I think I think Mike Tomlin has a good feel on what kind of system they try to run. You know that West Coast try to throw off their timing and rhythm. Um, and if they could do that to Jake Luton, I think they'll be just fine. I mean, he's been a little inaccurate the last few weeks. Uh, he's not the most athletic to get out of pressure. So I kind of feel like this fits right into what the Steelers want to do. Uh, what speaking of Jay uh, of Jay Gruden, how much leeway do you think he's going to give to this young guy? With a defense that's a high intensity, come after you, um, you know, ninety-two quarterback pressures, thirty-six sacks. How much do you think he's yeah. going to give this kid, a, you know, a leeway as far as checking in and out of plays? I mean, I think he'll have some leeway. I think in that system with John Gruden as well, uh, you always have a little toolbox full of plays you could get to versus certain blitzes or certain coverages. If you don't think your protection will hold up against a certain blitz, you know, you could check out of it, get this certain route combination, hand signal in that, that sense. I'm sure he's giving him a little leeway, probably not the playbook, you know, that he ran with Andy Dalton in Cincinnati and things of that sort, but I'm sure there's some some protections he could get to if he's unsure if they could pick up the blitz. So if I'm Mike Tomlin, I stack the box. I make it look like I'm bringing a ton of guys make him audible to get to safe protection and then just drop out of there and play coverage. Mm. Oh man. Uh, so, uh, you, you, you like Jake, uh, Luton and, uh, but he's been, uh, inconsistent, uh, when he played for the bears, when he played uh, against the bears. Yeah. Yeah. He, 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 you know, I liked him coming out of college. I thought he had a good release, solid quarterback, seemed accurate, but I feel like he struggled in the recent weeks. You know, I just feel like I didn't realize maybe his arm strength isn't what I thought it would be. Um, you know, he kind of, um, you know, he's been missing his targets. And then, you know, athletically, he's not really getting out of harm's way. Um, you know, so 
in a sense, I feel like this does play into like, you know, the Steelers' strengths. You know, just getting after the quarterback, they don't have to blitz a ton of guys and just relying on your front four or maybe blitz one extra guy and, and rush five and just win those one-on-one matchups, be in tight coverage mm. and make him make some accurate throws. Now let me ask you, what would you think about James Robinson? This guy is kind of a a phenomenon, a phenom type guy. I mean, he comes out of nowhere, that right. being Illinois State. I guess people in the know say that everybody knew, but – you get undrafted, and you're like, oh, well, if everybody knew, then how did, how did nobody draft him? Illinois State. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, how, you know, how does he get to this point? But that's why we love these stories, right? We, you know, it, it's hard to evaluate everyone. And then it's also a matter of team needs at the time. So as the draft goes by, teams are like, ah, we could use an extra tight end. Ah, we can use an extra alignment. Ah, we can use an extra receiver when it gets late in the draft. And the Jaguars found into a great little young player that he's doing really well. He's taking care of business. He, you know, he's a, you know, he, he can put one foot in the ground, get vertical. I mean, just a, a good runner. And I think that's honestly that's the highlight of that offense right now. So if the Steelers can kind of bottle him up, um, I think it'll be a long day for the Jaguars. I find it's interesting that this kid Robinson is is uh, lead, is setting a record, an NFL record, through ten weeks for the greatest amount of rushing yards by an undrafted rookie. I mean, it's just funny in the year 2020 that some kid yeah. comes out of nowhere and it, he's got <laughs> the fifth most rushing yards in the NFL, but the most by an undrafted rookie through 10, now, through 10 weeks. So we're only talking just, you know, right. cresting the halfway point. But still, this kid has got something to him. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you, you don't just kind of jump onto the scene, rush for that many yards, and it just be in luck, you know, so – he is doing a good job. I mean, his his overall, he's 11th for us in, in you know, graying out with uh, rushing stats with the halfbacks uh, for the NFL. So, and probably like the top 10. And, you know, so that's impressive, man. I mean, to be an undrafted guy, coming to make the impact he's making. And I think, you know, you guys know, Tomlin's big on those type of guys. Guys that are mentally tough, guys that, you know, take advantage of opportunities, and that's what James Robinson has done. And that's why you kind of have to um, – you don't want to fear him, but you have to be prepared. Like, he's a guy that's not going to just back down. Uh, and I think it could be a good challenge this weekend for the Steelers' defense to really stop that run and, and force them to go through the air. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, one of the, the broadcasters uh, talked about Jake Luton, and he says he climbs the pocket. What does that mean, Uh uh, yeah, well, Brucey. Yeah, well, when you know when you're uh, in the shotgun and you get the snap, a lot of quarterbacks will take their initial drop, right? Well, some don't hitch up in that pocket. They don't climb up into the pocket where the integrity of the pocket is. You know, to give your right tackle and left tackle a nice little uh, runaway path to run the defensive ends wide and outside. And you'll see Justin Herbert at times. He doesn't climb the pocket, right? He drifts back. And that, that's what you never want to do. So it's actually a positive how Jake Luton can climb the pocket. He hitches up in the pocket, in the integrity of the pocket. So when you're rushing him as a defensive end, you can't expect him to be back at 10 to 12 yards. He's probably going to be pushed up in there in the integrity to help his offensive line protect more. So maybe you do stunts. Maybe you do a, a, a you know, your tackle and your, your tackle and defensive end. They stun with each other, get more, try to get more inside pressure on them. Uh, so that could be something that the Steelers think about. 
You look at this team uh, as far as the front end. I like their offensive line, and one of the things I really love about them is the fact that they, in my mind, these guys come off the ball more, even more than the Tennessee line, which I thought right. was a very physical line. These these guys come off the line, off on the line of scrimmage, more like they did back in the you know the pre millennials, you know the nineties, right. the eighties. Yeah, yeah, back in the days of the old hard hats. <laughs> they, yeah. they they re, they use their hands well. Yeah. Yeah, no, you guys are right, and that's a good point. You know, but that's you know that's a compliment, honestly, to Doug Marone. Like, and I get Tomlin's point, right? He, he's got to crush the Mac this week. Come on, Coach T. You know, but <laughs> I get, I get what I get what he's trying to say. You know, because it is, it's not college football. It's not, you know, you you look at the Big Ten and the Mac. The facilities are different. You know, right? The coaching staff's different. You have, you know, how many more coaches? You have how much more equipment? You have how much more? Uh, money to spend on your football program and stuff like that. So, you know, when you're in the Big Ten, you have second and third stringers that are just as good as your first stringers. And that's where the difference is in the MAC is the backups aren't as strong as you would like. Uh, but when you go to the NFL, man, that's what Tomlin's talking about. These guys get paid. These guys get paid to do a job. They're professionals as well. They have good players. You look at Miles Jack and C.J. Henderson. You know, Miles Jack yeah. is the top five greater for us at PFF. C.J. Henderson, uh, top five rookie cornerback graded for us so far this season. So they do have talent over there, and they're playing hard. You know, you're never going to lay down as a player, as a coach, because you're fighting for your job. You're fighting for that next opportunity. Um, and I think that's where you've got to compliment the Jaguars of, you know, how hard they play each and every week. So, you know, they also got a, uh, a great middle linebacker, Joe Schobert. And uh, he's yeah. uh, he's uh, sideline to sideline. Yeah, and, and you know, and that causes some issues. You know, in, in the running game, the passing game. It's nowadays you see guys like that that are super valuable that could play against the run and the pass. Uh, and, you know, and that's what he brings. You know, so for the Steelers, everyone wants to say, "Hey, they got to get you know get the running game established." This and that. But I think I think Ben's done a good job of getting the ball out of his hands quick utilizing his receivers outside. And you guys know sometimes that's an extension of the running game, that quick passing game, those screen passes outside to the wide receiver. Yeah. Get them the ball. Get the, the ball in their hands in space like Deontay Johnson and watch what he could do. So, um, But I, I would like to see them you know, have a little more production from, from the running game. Uh, so we'll see if they can get that established this week. Let me ask you something, Bruce. Sidney Jones, the one corner that he's got two interceptions, but – uh, last week against uh, the Packers, uh, I, I mean, uh, he got lit up. I mean, he uh, I, I forgot who the receiver was, went like uh, 80, 80 yards on him. And uh, yeah. I, I, I look at it and I go, wow, they got over the top. They stacked him up, and he was in the chase right. mode all, all the way down the field. Well, speaking of chase mode, that's where Chase Claypool comes in. You know, you got to give that guy multiple shots downfield every game. I mean, a guy of his caliber, his speed, his physical – uh, ability to go up and get the ball and just, you know, be physical with the catch point, take advantage of that. And I'm sure the Steelers will. You know, I'd like to see the Steelers start out aggressive and take some shots downfield um, in that sense because, like you pointed out, the Packers were able to do that. Sometimes you come into games like this and you try to play too careful, too cautious, too too much of running the football. Just do what you do and play aggressive, and I think the Steelers can get after them. No doubt in my mind. The other thing that uh, I know you already referenced it, but the lack of rushing attack by the Steelers 
Um, you think it's critical yet, or you think it's just one of those things you got to wait until that moment when they stop cramming the box, when you've spread them out enough that teams give you the opportunity to run the ball? Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I just think, you know, I mean, I think it's important to have some type of running game, but I wouldn't lose sleep over it because I think with that quick passing game, it helps. I also think it's when you run the football, right? I mean, I think right. if, if you're kind of being – uh, multi-dimensional, and then you slip in a run on third down and three or four or five that the, the defense isn't expecting. And so it's kind of knowing when to run it, the right kind of schemes to run and against what kind of front defense. And, and you know, not, fa- not, not facing an uphill battle week in and week out. And so I don't lose sleep over it because I think with Ben in that short, quick passing game, that helps. They also have to make some splash plays downfield. I know Ben was really good last week in the intermediate range, 10, 19 yards thrown. I think he had like 97 yards in the touchdown and three touchdowns. So, you know, he's been thrown well in that, in that area. So I think with a quick passing game and then you get some shots over linebackers that helps. And then the running game will come. And I think it's important to when you call those runs and how you uh, scheme them up. All right. You know, Bruce, uh, when, uh, uh, when Wolf, t- uh, when you called, uh, the two ball. Wolf's been using that oh, two ball. It's part, it's part of my lingo, brother. You're instructing hey, me. I, I pick up. I, I love, rip off everybody. <laughs> hey man, everyone does in this business, right? I mean, you see it on ESPN. They they uh, listen to this and that, and then they say that no, hey guys, it's it's all good. It is that two ball those times. It's that nice little soft two ball <laughs> over the linebackers. Not soft enough. Not hard enough. Just. Firm enough. A nice little two-ball right up in the seam is the perfect ball you want. Let me ask you this now. Randy Feetner referenced Derek Watt and talking about, uh, you know, Derek Watt uh, having some issues in the preseason, had to get cleaned up. He Then he had the hammy. So, you know, using more of the fullback, do you think he's teasing us with a little thought of a little downhill power running, or do you think that uh, that's a reality? Well, I think, you know, you two would love that. I know yeah. that. Um, and it is tough. You know, when you're dealing with some injuries and you're in and out of the lineup and to start the season, especially with no offseason program and your first year in the offense, it, it's hard. But I also think Ben's best at just spreading them out. Um, but I also think they could they could come in with some, you know, big packages, utilize that fullback, and have some nice little play-action passes off of it. You know, I, I love those type of plays. Um, but we'll see. I mean, I think at this point, too, you do. You try to switch it up. It's mid, you know. More than midway through the season, you try to see what you could do to get the edge week in and week out. Um, so I'd be, you know, I'll be looking for that for sure. Beautiful. When it's all said and done, when it's uh, the dust has settled down in Jacksonville, what do you think it's going to be? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the Steelers get this one. I, I kind of was on NFL radio yesterday on my show, and uh, Bruce Murray, my co-host, he was like. Yeah, you know, the Steelers, they're, they're 10-0 after this week. You know, and he already chalked it up. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was like, you're scaring me. Don't, don't, don't talk like that. I know I'm not in the locker room anymore, but come on. But I, I think the Steelers do. I think they'll handle their business for the sure standpoint of they'll be able to get pressure on that quarterback. I think, you know, be around him, be in tight coverage, make him make the tough throws, keep them behind the, the, the sticks on down and distances, second and long third and long, and make them make plays. And on the offensive side of the ball, keep doing what you're doing. I mean, Ben's been playing efficient. He's been pre- protecting the football. Um, I know they have they would always like to play better, and that's the goal. 
Uh, but just be smart. Play all three phases of the game, and I think the Steelers come away with this one big. All right. Thank uh, you, Bruce. Bruce Gretkowski, you have such great insight, and we love you. Appreciate you, bro. Man, Thanks you, for coming in, man. You, Thanks you, you. You guys are the best. Love you guys. Have a good weekend. All right. All right. Oh, Say, no, I got to read this. I got to read his. I got to read his yeah, thing. Okay. Yeah. Subscribe to SiriusXM's best package. All access and get your first six months for fifty bucks. Fees and taxes apply. See offer details at Sirius. XM.com slash scouting. And that was Bruce Gradkowski. We had to. You do- didn't. You didn't bring it uh, for the first time. What's that? You didn't bring it uh, when he uh, showed up. I know. That's why I had to do it at the end because we got to have the big G back. All right. We'll be back with more. Tunch and Wolf in the locker room. The Locker Room with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. You know, I, I, I love Rosalita. You know, sometimes we just got to let the whole thing play out. Right, Just, just right, roll right. through the whole song, and we'll just enjoy it and sit back and just rejoice in the fact that when the boss is on and, and yeah. hammering it hard, you're just having some fun. So, all right, regardless. Uh, we'll, uh, let's go to the phones. All Pe- right. Peppy in Charlotte, North Carolina. Peppy, welcome to the locker room. Hello, good morning. How are you doing? We're doing fabulous, dear Peppy. How are you, sir? I'm doing okay. I want to reprise my game ball reverse or fake punt <laughs> and just a couple of lighthearted call outs. All uh, right. The first one the first one is from a few weeks back, the Tennessee game and I didn't want the Titans to win, but I want to call out their coach and the kicker. Reason being, uh I don't think their kicker has mixed missed some fifty plus yards. 50 yards and beyond, so it was a 45-yarder. Calling them out because they should have taken a five-yard penalty to make the kick a 50-yarder, and that way he might have made it. <laughs> now, Wouldn't that have been a little bit hard it? to say, hey, let's just uh, let's let let the clock expire and let's take five yards because he hits him over 50. No. <laughs> yeah. I, that just doesn't <laughs> seem right, does it? <laughs> no. Okay, now I'm going to go for the low-hanging fruit, and you know what that is, right? What's that? That's you. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh boy, did I miss that one? That was a, okay. that was a teed up softball right there, man. Go ahead. Yes, yeah, I'm going in for the weigh in Wednesday. All now, right, I'm not going in not because of your weight, but because <laughs> of your excuse. Remember the uh, <clears throat> remember the movie, the line from the movie Dodgeball. 
if you can dodge a wrench, you can dodge anything. Yeah. Right. Okay. So now your former teammate was on a oh, was it last week or week before? Now he didn't use the word dodge, but reading between the lines, I think you dodged the midgets. <laughs> now, <laughs> if you can dodge the midgets, you can dodge tailgating responsibility. Now I know it might not be the hopey way to dodge responsibilities. Hopey, but if you can dodge a midget. Right. <laughs> well, here's the whole thing about it, though. It's my job. You know, I got. I have to suffer the consequences. I had to try the chili dog. I had to try the the turkey burger. I had to have the chicken and loaded potatoes and bacon. Oh man, was that good? No, 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 no. That's not the hopey way. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So now speaking. Speaking of away on Wednesdays, uh, you were talking to Terrell Edmonds not last week, the previous week. You mentioned something about a kangaroo court uh, because of that penalty he right. got in in uh, Dallas. Now I don't know if uh, you probably can't do a kangaroo court on air, but I'm thinking about a kangaroo court with a tie-in to away on Wednesday. Now Alvin <laughs> Dupree has a thing that he does called Bud brought a buddy. Right, a little alliteration there. Um, so for the for the kangaroo court, the title will be depending on your way in. It will be either Tunch brought a lunch or Tunch brought a punch. So when you <laughs> when you hit your weight, then the next day Tunch brings lunch. Oh, I like that. Then you get a Tunch punch. <laughs> now it can be it probably be hard to do on air. But you have a kangaroo court. I'm not exactly sure how that would work, but that's it. You understand what a kangaroo court was, though. You see, in every no, group, every position meeting room, okay, so you have defensive backs. I was talking about with Terrell. But you have the offensive line. And usually what happens is you get unfairly accused of something. All right, so you get flagged for holding. You might say, you might take it to the kangaroo court, meaning the older guys in your room say, I need – uh, I need a ruling on this because that really wasn't holding, yeah. you know. And they'll examine it, and you know, nine ninety nine times out of a hundred, it's thumbs down. <laughs> They're not going to rule in your favor. But I would, I would plead my case, and sometimes you have to have the 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 uh, uh, the offensive line say the lawyer. So Tunch would act as my 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 lawyer to present the case to Ron Blackledge, or he might turn on me and say, "No, he deserved to give it to him." <laughs> Uh, okay. Well, that that would have tied in with your previous weigh-in because you had an excuse. You said, no doubt. I had to do my job. And so we called the kangaroo court. Yeah, I was at three bills, but uh, let my lawyer explain to you why. Yeah, uh, that would be it. Did. See, Peppy, you're right on it. <laughs> if I came in and I said, Tunch, I need you to act as my, my, my uh, lawyer here, and then we take a vote amongst the callers and you say, and, and see if Tunch has <laughs> persuaded them that he indeed had to you know, do due diligence. My due diligence was to eat the food and then judge it. See? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now a little, now this might be TMI, too much information, but uh, I'm poor uh, sometimes to the point of being a beggar because I'm poor. I don't have as much disposable income as a lot of people. So there's lots of things that I can't buy. I don't buy. I, and I beg sometimes. So, I cannot buy that football players or players to any sport need to be wearing a face mask for their protection or the their opponent's protection. I can't buy that. I beg to differ. Now, 
expecting professional football players to play a game wearing a face mask is, to me, is something that I can't buy. I cannot buy into that. Now, when we're two words, or at least there are a lot of words that are common mm-hmm. today. One of them is one of them is pandemic, and the other is unprecedented times. And because we can use those words and know what they mean, that people get away with doing stuff that really shouldn't be done. The person who suggests that you need to wear a face mask playing football or any other sport, as far as I'm concerned, basketball, NFL football should be played in a face mask. I can't buy it. I beg to differ. That person should have their head examined, but because of the pandemic, people do things and say things that yeah, normally I can't see would, it either. Look at them sideways. I couldn't, you know, if if it was so bad, then you know what? You need to shut down the sport. I can't understand how anybody could play yeah. with a face mask on. That would just, unless you're a hockey goalie, okay, that would be the only thing about it. <laughs> All right, that would. Yeah, I, I I also don't buy. I beg to differ. I don't buy that. You have to limit fans to 7,500 people uh, or less in uh, Heinz Field during games. But uh, because you can use the word pandemic, uh, you know. It's unfortunate. I, people... I hear you, brother. I hear you. Hey, we got to roll on. I thank you so much, Pepe. Great idea about the kangaroo court. Okay. That may have to be in invoked. The night... All right. In the nice time and in the corner, coronaphobia, undefeated season time, <laughs> let's go play some ball. Thank you so much, Peppy. Hey, Appreciate hey, you calling hey, in. Hey, Peppy, uh, what church do you go down to in Charlotte? It's a small Hispanic church, Iglesia Bautista Monte Oreb. Yeah, you know, uh, the, we uh, have a buddy, uh, John Monroe, and he is the pastor of Calvary Church, and they have a Hispanic church within the uh, 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 Calvary Church. Ah, okay. I don't know if Juan speaks Spanish, but maybe you get him down and have some tacos afterward. I, I, sp- I, I spoke at that church. Ah, okay. All right. Good. Maybe if you ever get a chance again, maybe we can see you there. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, buddy. Take care, buddy. All right, thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate you. Uh, How much time we got left? All right. uh, uh, Let's go to Nathaniel in uh, Los Angeles. Nathaniel, welcome to the locker room. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Nathaniel. How are you? Oh, I'm doing just great, guys. It's been a little while since we... uh, chatted but uh that was probably uh maybe three and oh at the time maybe right right so it's been, so it's been, been a, a while, while but it's been a nice ride though been a nice ride no question and, uh, about it i think we're gonna you know do well uh this season if we've done well I, I mean i like tomlin's uh analysis of it i mean the only thing that's perfect about us is our record <laughs> so there's still a long way to go but I, i'm liking the way these young players are uh yeah are picking up i think every week is is i'm seeing some some market improvement in all areas of our game and i think by the time you know we get down to the nitty-gritty of things we're going to be a really really tough team to beat yes i i agree with you no question about it. I'm enjoying the ride right now, and I hope we, the ride continues. It's going to be a tough one down in Jacksonville. Anybody thinks we'll walk in there and blow them out, uh, right? I, I think you got to reexamine 
your thought process because this is they, this is a team that, that battles. They will battle you. Now they got some deficiencies, obviously, but hey, let's not get you know get get out over our skis too much here. I hear you, but you know history hasn't been on our side down in Jacksonville. That's, right, that's, that's for sure. So I mean, I, I get that. I mean, this is not going to be uh, you know a cakewalk for us, but I think in the end we'll still get it done. I, I believe the same thing. I think we're tracking in the same lines there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. All well, right. I just go ahead, buddy. And, you know, say uh, you know hello. Appreciate you, uh, uh, Tunch. I, you know, in spirit, I, I wish you uh, good good health and and um, you know, from sincere. Thanks. From, you know, from my spirit. Thanks, buddy. Uh, that you know. Everything you know will go well with you, and you know we'll have you around for a, a long time to come. Yeah, I'm leaning on Jesus. There you go. I'm leaning on mm. Jesus. Uh, uh, you know, I I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. There, that's Philippians fourteen three. Four thirteen. Four thirteen. Not a not a bad not a bad way to lean, my brother. No, yeah. it is. It's, it's the only way to go, man. Yeah. Anything else, Nathaniel? No, just uh, wanted to you know get in and and say hello. I'll yeah. uh, I'll be calling next week, you know, and and uh, after this win and before our big you know matchup down there and you know with, with the Ravens, you know. So. Right, Thanksgiving Day. It's going to be a big one. Thanksgiving, ah, yeah, we're going to be yeah. hot. <laughs> we're going to be having fun. I believe so. Yeah. This is going to be exciting. Yeah. Uh, thank you, thank you, brother. Appreciate you so much, right. Nathaniel. And yeah. make sure you call back in. Enjoyed yeah, hearing from yeah. you. Okay, so, yeah. You. All right. So, you know, I'm 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 also uh, relying on Jehovah Rapha, the Lord, my healer. There you go. The, one of the Hebrew names for God amen. is Jehovah Rapha. That is it, my brother. Yeah. You are correct. And Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Exactly yeah. so. Yeah. And so that is what we stand and, and stand on. Right. All right. So we've got coming up the great John Kolb is calling in, hopefully, because this time he's not on a plane yeah. and he's he's not been delayed. And we're going to find out all about him going to Mount Kilimanjaro yeah. and climbing that mountain. So right. Stay tuned for the locker room right here. More with Tunch and Wolf. Presented by Neighborhood Ford Store. The Ford F-150 is the official truck of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, here's Tunch and Wolf. So we're back. He's Wolf. I'm Tunch. And you're in a locker room. And we played that song for a a buddy of ours that should have been a cowboy. He was a cowboy. And is a cowboy. cowboy. Yes. John Kolb. Johnny, uh, thanks for joining us. 
Good morning. Hey, great big guys. I can't even talk. I'm so excited. (laughs) John, one of the things I'm so excited to talk to you about was I saw a picture of you on top of Mount Kilimanjaro in Tanzania, and you were there with your terrible towel, and you had four Super Bowl rings on. You got to tell us about this trip. Yeah. Uh, So the guy that was the guide had actually climbed Mount Everest. And uh, he had taken the towel, terrible towel, to Mount Everest. How about that? Is that cool? Yeah. Wow. We, wow. We got we got Steeler fans on Mount Everest. Okay. <laughs> I don't think you know Dallas Cowboy fans. I don't even think they can climb Mount Washington. But <laughs> we got. We got that was good. Fans. So so we had uh, we had talked about doing this trip, and. Uh, and they have a they have a program, guys, that is phenomenal. It's called K two Adventures, and what they do, uh, they have an orphanage there. They built the orphanage. Uh, I could de- I could take your whole program talking about orphanage. We're in the orphanage playing with little kids, mm. and uh, it went to leave. I mean, they got like death locks on us. They were having so much fun, but they have an orphanage. They have a hospital, and they support this by taking people on adventure trips. And so our our nonprofit uh, is called Adventures in Training with a Purpose, and we have people with chronic conditions. And we we essentially what we do is we work three days a week doing a training program, just like you might do with your uh, football team. But then we have an adventure day, just like you might do with your that's like you would do on Sunday and go out and beat up on Dallas or whoever <laughs> it's Cleveland's turn again or something. Uh, but I'm, but anyway, so we had this, so we teamed up with them and we did this climb, uh, nineteen thousand three hundred eighty-one feet. Wow! And did you have it, a headache? Did you have a headache, uh, John? No, and see, I was so excited because, but you know, they they like it's like when you're a rookie, you know, Tunch and Wolf. It's like you know they want to scare you to death. Mm-hmm. All right, you got a headache yet? They, you know. You remember the first time you play in Denver, they, they have all the trainers for Denver come up and say, hey, man, you need some oxygen. Right, hey, right. You better get, because they, they're trying to psych you out. Uh, no, I, I had done 14,000 feet before, so I thought I was pretty good to 14. And then uh, 15 was okay, 16 was okay. One thing I did I'd never done before, I don't think, Wolf, and then you know how when we're running 350s, our yard actually right. playing in Dallas. Right. You want to bend over and put your hands on your knees and go. <gasps> right. And, and I, you know, I, I never wanted to do that because I never wanted to let Harvey or or somebody think, okay, yeah. this guy's done. And so I always tried to stand up. Uh, that last 1,000 feet, I I succumbed to putting my hands on my knees, and because at 19,000 feet, you can really. Uh, you you really are sucking air. Oh, yeah. Now, John, I'll tell you real quick, I read a study this year. They actually studied posture and recovery for athletes. We've been lied to, John, because the best (laughs) tests have all said your best posture is hands on the knees, bent over, sucking wind. We've been lied to our entire careers. Um, Yeah. Hey, well, let's do it again then. No, thanks. That's okay. So you got to the top. It took, what, five days to get to the top? Yeah, it's a five-day thing, and you start out, and, and I'm looking up to my right, and there's monkeys. 
Really? And, and, wow. And I'm going, these monkeys are in the trees. Hey, guys, you going with us? But they stayed in the trees. Oh, so this and, is at the ground, at uh, sea level yeah, or something? Okay. Yeah. So you got monkeys, and then you go up, and there's some banana trees. They got the littlest bananas there. You got to eat <laughs> bucks. Well, you'd have to eat the whole tree. Uh, <laughs> So they got banana trees, and then and then you go on, and the vegetation gets thinner. And finally, uh, towards the third day, you, you you know you think, is this where they filmed the moon landing? Yeah. Oh yeah. No. And then you got this thing called the Bronco Wall, which is like you're climbing the Grand Canyon. It's just straight down, mm. and uh, and and it's just big, huge. Steps and one step's two feet, the next is six inches, and the next is three feet. But you got this drop off four feet to your right. So, you know, I mean, it's not like you're going to slip, but you don't want to slip. And then you get in the last, the hardest part at 19,000 feet, the snow was about three feet deep. And so picking my feet up out of the snow was uh, like running 350s at St. Vincent after it had been rained on and the field was watered and it rained and they watered the field. You just were, I mean, you just were sinking all the way in. And then we got to the top and, you know, the thing as I, I, I really wanted to share uh, that was most life-changing was, um, uh, and you guys, will, we talked about this before, but um, I kept thinking, Okay, I um, I want to make this. I want to make this, and they they check your pulse ox and stuff. It gets too low, they make you go back. Mm-hmm. So I, uh, but anyway, the thought of you know, I thought I'm not going to make this unless God shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it was one of those things. If God doesn't show up, I don't think I'm making it to the top. Uh-huh. And He showed up, and we made it to the top. Wow! And so I brought that back with me. You know, what is it in our lives? That if God doesn't show up, it ain't going to happen. Right. And uh, I think those are healthy things to have. It doesn't have to always be a mountain, but uh, but I think you guys will agree. Uh, most people have mountains in their lives, and uh, in the Psalms it says, "I'll lift up my eyes to the mountains where yeah. help yes. comes from." And in Matthew, he talks about if you have faith as mustard seed, you can move mountains. So there's always going to be a mountain. You know, the real question that I need to learn is, do I move this one or do I climb it? So yeah. <laughs> that was a big takeaway for me in that trip. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, John, I, I, I have so admired you uh, as uh, a mentor uh, to me uh, as a discipler and uh, as a, uh, a guy that loves Jesus. Uh, when did you, who inspired you to love Jesus the way you do? Um, I, um, I think the things you learn in sports, um, that's, that's one thing. You know what, you know the two words that I don't like the most, and this is, most people disagree with me, fantasy football. People that are into football, they miss the whole point. The whole point isn't how many catches does somebody make and how many uh, touchdowns did somebody throw. The whole point is is looking at a team of 11 guys, actually, you know, 11 on offense, that come together mm. and multiply those talents. One plus one 
in football is not two. One plus one in football is three. Or one plus one in football can be uh, 1.5 if you're in Cleveland, for example. But, uh, <laughs> I will say this, John. I have been on a couple of traps at one plus one equals three at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so so to answer your question, though, that's a great question. Uh, you know, at some point I began to mature and wanted to really be a good football player. And then I, I realized I put everything I could into football, but I was in college and my grades were like C's. And I, and I begin to think, well, um, you know, you 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 work, you put everything into football, but you you're, you're you're okay being average with your with your academics. And so then I begin to say, okay, that doesn't work. And I begin to study and take seriously what I was really majoring in, which is exercise science. And then I read this in the Bible. It's a really it's really neat, and it uses the word teleos, which is the Greek word for uh, to be all that you can be. Mm. And it was, again, something I learned on the mountain. The, uh, the uh, word that they have, Swahili word, if, if we're kind of like sitting down, taking a break, they'll come up to you and they go, Twin Day Jew. Twin Day Jew means let's go up. Wow. And they constantly were saying Twin Day Jew. Mm. And then after we climbed the mountain, they go, Twin Day Chini. That means let's go back down. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you have a word for let's do nothing? <laughs> and they go, they go, no, we don't have a word for that, let's do nothing. You know, so, so I thought, how cool if your whole life is twin day Jew, let's go up. Yeah. But wow. anyway, 1 Thessalonians 5.23, it essentially says twin day Jew. It says, but it says, now may the God of peace himself sanctify or set you apart, and may your spirit your mind and your body be, and it uses that word, which I'm going to translate as twin day Jew. Right. Let's go up. Wow. And so, you know, I, I began to get convicted, guys, because I felt, okay, okay, I, I put everything I can into being a, uh, as good a football player as I can. Mm. And I decided, you know, I want to study and academically learn what I can. But I go through the motions on Sundays, and then I don't think about it anymore. And, and that verse really convicted me. It was not really something that somebody said. It was something that I read there, and I thought, okay, how can you be twin day Jew in two parts of your body? Because we have a mind, you know, we have a body, we have a spirit. How can you be twin day Jew in two of those things? Mm. But spiritually, you're not. And then, and then the thing that you know, guys, the, the three of us have been talking about the last few weeks is when those mountains come. Yeah, you know, we we need all three, and and so there's a there's a real meaning and a real reason for that to to have all three of those together. And and then the other thing is, <clears throat> just because you make that decision, it doesn't mean okay, I got this thing left. You know, my car gets out of tune, and and so does my me. And I and I need you guys constantly for the tune-up. Yeah. So. Well, 
John, we've got less than a minute. It's a hard out. So one of the things I wanted to, to, to ask you was, will you come back? Okay, because there is so much more that yeah. I want to unpack in what you just said. Yeah. And what you're doing with Adventures in Training with a Purpose is so important. So would you come, consider coming back next week? We'll put you back on, and we could have a little yeah. longer conversation. Yes. Yeah, you know, guys, I love you guys, and I love this. I love what we do, and I love to share it. And... Uh, uh, particularly in these times that we have right now. Uh, you know, life right now is more than numbers of people. There, there's people that are hurting that aren't in the numbers. Amen. So love, yeah. yeah All right, it. beautiful. Thank you so much, John Kolb. We love you. Okay. We'll talk to you next week. And, folks, thank you for joining us in the bring, locker room. Bring, uh, and bring, bring uh, Psalm 18. <laughs> there you go. All right, we're out of here. Thank you so much. Love you, and buddy. We'll, and we'll talk to you next week.